Hey, welcome. I'm Dr. Yishan, a board-certified sleep specialist. Previously, I have interviewed quite several great child sleep doctors. Now, I want to highlight some of our conversations to help your children sleep better. First, let's review what Dr. V.S. shared about young baby's sleep from episode 29. A lot of you have been asking me for insomnia treatment options, so I want to let you know I have launched an insomnia treatment course. It's a very structured and effective treatment program with a lot of clinical evidence support. So one course is in Chinese and one is in English. You can find it at deepintosleep.co forward slash insomnia. Regarding this age group, it's very young, sounds like, four months to four years old. Also, that's a big range from toddlers, infants, preschoolers. So is there any difference in their, their sleep uh, across different age? Like how long they need for sleep, how they sleep generally? Yeah, so the, um, the amount of time that a child should sleep for naps is about an hour and a half for all kids of all ages. So if they're napping, most likely it should be about an hour, hour and a half. Once toddlers start to consolidate their naps into just one nap for the day, that typically happens around two years of age, it can increase to a three-hour nap. Uh, but what does vary from child to child is the amount of sleep or the number of naps a child should take based on their age group. So for example, newborns can sleep up to 20 hours a day, split up into hour, an hour, hour to an hour and a half naps, um, up to six naps a day. Whereas a child, uh, once they're about four to six months of age, they may have more wakeful periods and um, their naps decrease down to four to five naps a day. And after six months, it can drop down to three to four naps a day. And typically around 12 to 15 months or even up to 18 months, it can be just two naps a day. And after two years of age, it's just one nap, as I mentioned earlier. And then around three to six years, that's when napping typically stops for most kids. And, you know, this is a lot of numbers and a lot of information. And often it's hard for parents to know when that transitional stage happens, at what age and at what time the child should transition from four naps to three naps. Uh, or even down to one nap. Right. So if a baby takes multiple naps during the day, so you mean like each nap should be about one and one half hours? Yes. Oh. Yeah. And, you know, when, when I tell most parents that during our initial consultation, um, they're always shocked. They're like, oh, my child can never do that. They've never slept that much in their life. And then after they go through the process, they're like, oh my gosh, I, I see that they are capable of sleeping that amount of time. And then they do sleep better. And when they wake up, they're happier and more alert and more able to interact with their environment because they're better rested. So mm. uh, I think the tendency is to, um, just in our society, just the uh, perception of you know, less sleep is better because you'll sleep enough when you die and you'll sleep enough when there's time for it. And there's too many other interesting things. I hear parents all the time say, my kid has so much FOMO. They, they want to be awake and alert and participating in all the activities. But um, it's during sleep that those neuronal connections get made and they, uh, the brain develops and uh, they learn what they're supposed to learn developmentally for their age uh, is during 
sleep. So it's super important to stress to parents that children need more sleep than they need activities. So I know a lot of young parents are really anxious uh, about whether they read the cue. Uh, correctly, or how to help the child, and uh, I think uh, other than the parents you talk about, like they misread the cue and just uh, uh, think all oh, child totally wake up. Some other parents possibly are on the other extreme. Uh, they are very anxious. They feel like, well, the babies need sleep more, but they are not. How I can make them sleep more? Do those kind of behavior cause any problems for the child's sleep? Yeah, so p- kids are really good at picking up on parents' anxieties. And when they uh, the parents are anxious, it makes the kids anxious and it makes them difficult. It makes it difficult for them to relax and get to sleep. So if parents are aware of what those cues are, so I typically tell parents there's three uh, arenas of the cues, the early cues, the middle cues, and the late cues. And the early sleep cues are where this child is staring off into space and looking a little drowsy and kind of out of it. That's a good time to um, uh, start the sleep routine and get them into a place where they can sleep. The middle of the road cues can be where the child is rubbing their eyes or yawning. Some kids will pull on their ears or pull on their hair. Uh, You still have time. The parent still has time at that point to get the child uh, into a good sleep um, setting. Uh, So they're they're in an environment so that they can sleep. And then the late cues are where the child is like fidgety and fussy and wants to be picked up and wants to be put down and doesn't quite know what they want. And that you're... You can still potentially put the child to sleep at that point, but you're veering on that later end of the spectrum where if you don't respond quick enough, the child could go into an alert period. So it's important to know what those cues are and pay attention to them and and notice when they happen. And they may happen a lot sooner than the parent is expecting it to happen. You know, it may happen just 90 minutes from when the child woke up. It may happen three hours from when the child woke up. But if the parent isn't uh, paying attention or looking out for those cues, they may just push through that cycle and then the child becomes overtired. So um, for the parents that are anxious, um, if they try to put their anxieties aside and say, you know, I'm just going to focus on what the child is telling me. Um, I think a lot of the anxieties come from that uncertainty of not knowing is the child sleepy? Is it, are they not sleepy? Are they hungry? Are they not hungry? You know, what's going on? The child's crying. So let me try feeding them. Okay. Let me, I, I feed them and then they fall asleep. So maybe it was that they were hungry or maybe it was that they're sleepy. It's always this sort of guessing game. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what gets parents in trouble um, because they aren't sure, quite sure what they're doing and how they're, how to do it. So if, if they follow the cues and they can say, Oh yeah, I saw him stare off into space and then he yawned. So I know that he's sleepy And forget the fact that it's just 30 minutes after they woke up or two and a half hours after they woke up. If they see those cues, then try to get the child to sleep when they see the cues. 
Mm, wow, great. I think this is really helpful because of the three cues you, you mentioned, I think a lot of parents can really just look out for it. It's something easy to observe and um, now it can make sense to them. So you mentioned the nighttime routine. I'm wondering, uh, I know some parents may struggling, maybe struggling about, you know, put their children to, to bed at night. Um, but some child possibly have a hard time to, to fall asleep and some parents may spend hours trying to do that. Is there any bed routine, uh, nighttime routine for younger child that, you know, they can sleep better, easier and save the parents some time? Yeah, so the the most important thing that parents need to focus on is establishing a consistent routine and having the same bedtime and same wake up time. If uh, the timings are different every day, uh, that can affect um, how easily a child goes to sleep. And it's possible that the child is no longer sleepy when the parent decides that it's bedtime. So again, going back to the cues and making sure that the child is sleepy at that time and starting the bedtime routine within a reasonable amount of time so that the child is capable of going to sleep will help eliminate the two hours, you know, that sometimes it can take for a parent to put a child to sleep, uh, especially toddlers. They're um, notorious for delaying bedtime with uh, multiple requests of drinking water or getting one more hug or one more kiss or going to the potty. So establishing a routine and, and consistent bedtime um, and following cues are super important as well as establishing a really um, calming and soothing bedtime routine. So um, going in the room and turning down the lights, sitting on a rock or reading a book, singing a song. So all those things signal to the child that it's time to go to sleep and will also help delay the, um, the amount of time it can take a parent to put the child to sleep. Um, mm. So soothing routine, maintaining consistency, uh, and following the cues are all important in minimizing the amount of time it can take for a parent to get a child to sleep. Let's take a break and bring on our sponsor. By 2 or 3 p.m., are you so sleepy that you cannot focus? Are you tired of getting through the day drinking coffee? Are you worried how your poor sleep may impact your health? Check out my insomnia treatment course at deepintosleep.co forward slash insomnia. Okay, now we are back. Next, let's invite Dr. Schneeberg from Yale University talking about how parents should team up and help school-age children sleep better. Welcome back, Dr. Schneeberg. When you coach children between age 3 and 10 years old to sleep better, how long does this kind of training program take normally? Really a few weeks is plenty to see a lot of progress. Mm. That's yeah. fast. Yeah, and you might, you know, it might be mm, a few weeks. It might be a couple of weeks. It just depends on how used to having a parent nearby the child was how old the child is, whether the child likes to read, you know, those, there are a lot of things that make it go faster or slower, but everyone can get there. Yeah. Oh, that's great to know. Once you keep on trying, be consistent, 
you will get there、mm-hmm. and it may not take that that long. It's not like you have to take months or years to really make it happen. Because think about how long those families, those kids, those parents has suffered or、uh, dealt with this kind of difficulties, possibly for for years. Yes, exactly. You know, it, you can't turn it around in just three or four nights, right?、Mm-hmm. It has been a long period in the making. And so it takes a little time to kind of unwind it. Yeah. Then I'm curious: Have you ever seen any parents? You know, it actually does not work for them, or they did something just to、uh, fall out of this this plan. Yeah. So the the two most common problems that I see would be a parent, or I'm sorry, a couple where the mom feels one way and the dad feels another. So it's important that everyone is taking the same approach. So if the mom is doing some sleep training, which is what we call this, and then the dad comes home and you know a couple nights in a row sort of undoes the training, that can be a problem to make、mm. it difficult to work, right? Yeah. And the other one is when a parent gives in after a period of protest and says, "Oh my gosh." I know you want me to lay down in your bed, but you need to read your book. And then, let's say an hour goes by, and the child is really protesting. If the parent just says, "Oh, I need to go to sleep, so I'm going to lie down," then you know very well. Again, as a psychologist, then you've sort of done this thing where you've trained the child to protest for an hour before they get what they want, and then you've built a behavior that you really don't don't want.、Mm. Yeah, those are good things for parents to be aware of. How do you deal with it when you know both parents, the dad and the mom, are at different page? Is there a good way to align them? Yeah, sometimes what I'll do, let's say it's the father who doesn't want to follow through with the plan. Sometimes that's because the mother came to the meeting with me and the father didn't come, and so sometimes I'll get permission to call the father and I'll say, "Hey." Let me explain to you the concepts and why I think it's important for your child to learn how to be an independent sleeper. And I'll appeal to the father's goals for the child. So I'll say, you know, it would be much harder for Bill. Let's say the little child's name is Bill.、Mm-hmm. Um, it would be much harder for Bill to go to scout camp, or for you and your wife to go away together for a weekend. Or for Bill to go to a sleepover party, it'll be much harder for him to do those things as he gets older. If he needs a parent to lie with him at night, and if I can talk to the father about the concepts and the reasons why it's so good for Bill to learn how to do those things, then the father usually will be on board.、Mm. So, so, so explains the rationale really、uh, resonates、yes. with the father. Mm-hmm. And the advantages to the child, you know,、mm-hmm. in terms of their independence, their maturity, you know, the fact that their their world gets a little bit bigger when they can put themselves to sleep. They can do things that other kids are doing.、Mm. Yeah, that's all the parents want for their、right. children. Yes, great,、right. great point. Yeah. So yeah. for those parents who give in, right? I I would imagine、mm-hmm. that I definitely. Um, met parents like that before when I treat、yes. children for other problems. So I'm wondering what to do with with them. They just cannot、mm-hmm. 
stands the child to to feel sad or unhappy. Right. So what I, I do two things. I say, first of all, you don't have to leave the room, right? You can be right there sitting in a chair, but you just can't go backwards. You just can't go get into the bed with them again. And your job is to be really sort of silent, but present. And then I remind them that most of the time, I'm sure they don't have any issues with setting limits in the daytime. So I'll say to them, if your child didn't want to ride in the car seat anymore, what would you say? And they'll say, oh my gosh, I would always make them ride in the car seat. And I'll say, does your child ever protest getting in the car seat? And they'll say, oh yeah, sometimes she'll just yell her head off. And I'll say, well, then do you not let her get in the car seat? And they say, no, of course, I always make her get in the car seat. So I say, that's an example of in the daytime, you're very willing to set firm limits and you would not let protesting or crying change your mind. And I encourage them to be this, you know, have that same approach to bedtime. Wow. I like that. Yeah. I I like that analogy. That totally makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. The car seat's a great one because no one changes their mind about a car seat. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's a safety issue. Uh Yeah. So I just, I remind them that learning how to fall asleep independently is a wonderful skill and they're you know, their child is probably falling asleep in a beautiful home with parents who love her, you know, and this is not really a big trauma. It's just a protest behavior, which children do all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When things not go their way, they don't get what they Correct. want. Yes. And we don't hand over lots of candy bars in the grocery store, right? We say, no, we're not going to have a candy bar in the grocery store. So parents are really good at setting limits in the day. And I just encourage them to do the same thing around bedtime. Hope you liked today's episode. And if you like this kind of highlight and summary of a certain topic, leave me a comment below. Let me know. If you are looking for some sleep-related resources, products, sleep centers, sleep doctors, you can find them all on this resource page I put together at deepintosleep.co slash resources. This is Dr. Shan. Thank you for listening. I will see you next time. Are you suffering from insomnia? I promise you the CBTI method in my course will definitely help you. Even if several nights of better sleep, that would be a world-changing experience for you. I have had so many success from my insomnia patients who have taken this course over the years. If you know someone who are struggling with sleep, go to my website and check out my course at deepintosleep.co forward slash insomnia. Sleep is an individual thing. We all sleep differently. And there is so much we can do to improve sleep quality. Keep hope and carry on. This podcast is for general informational purpose only and does not include the practice of medicine or other health professional services. Usage of the information we share is at the listener's own risk. And our content does not intend to be a substitute for any medical and professional services, diagnoses, and treatment. Please seek professional health services as needed.